The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You're listening to the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast, episode number 27. Hi, everyone. We are doing a birth story today with my friend Megan. She came on to the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast and shared the birth of her first son. She had a pretty normal pregnancy. She was induced five days after her due date on a Wednesday. And after about 12 hours of Pitocin and Cytotec to soften her cervix, they put a Foley balloon in her cervix to get her to four centimeters. She then labored a little bit longer, eventually got an epidural. She did stall a bit after her epidural at nine and a half centimeters for a long time. And then she ended up pushing for a long time as well. So this was a great story to share. I like the fact that she was just so open about her induction and like how long it actually took because inductions, especially for first time moms, they can take days sometimes. But eventually after pushing for a long time, she did have a vaginal delivery, but then had some complications after that. So I will not spoil the rest of it. I will let you guys listen to the whole episode. So let's get started. You're listening to the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast, where we firmly believe in the power of education when it comes to giving birth. Tune in each week as we dive into pregnancy-related topics, expert interviews, and a variety of birth stories. As a reminder, anything you hear on this podcast is not medical advice. Please see mommylabornurse.com slash disclaimer for more details. And now, here's your host, educator, registered nurse, and fellow mom, Liesl Teen. This week, the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast was sponsored by Mommy Knows Best. If you guys know me, you guys know that I love Mommy Knows Best and I do a lot of stuff with them. Mommy Knows Best empowers all moms with the tools and resources necessary to give your newborn the best start in life. From an assortment of delicious lactation cookies to supplements and beyond, their products contain all natural herbal remedies traditionally and effectively used for generations to treat a low milk supply. Whether you're a new mom or a pro, Mommy Knows Best gives you plenty of options, all of which are created with the health and safety of both baby and mom in mind. I have dozens of Mommy Knows Best cookies scattered around my office and at my house, so I am very aware of how delicious they are. I think my current favorite flavor is probably their oatmeal rainbow candy with real M&Ms. They're just super, super chocolatey and super delicious. And they have a dozen different types of ready-to-eat cookies, so you can just purchase them and they're just, you know, you don't have to do anything with them. You just open them up and eat them. Or they also have mixes, which is kind of cool that you can, you know, you just take an egg and a stick of butter and the mix and you make your own cookies. I've tried both variations and they are equally delicious. And I'm also really excited to tell you that they just added a new gluten and dairy-free lactation cookie mix too. So that is good for all the dairy or gluten-free moms out there. If you're interested in any of the products that they offer, you can use the code LABORNURSE10 to get 10% off any Mommy Knows Best products. And that is valid at mommylabornurse.com cookies. And now let's get into today's episode. 
Hi, Megan. Welcome to the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast. Thank you so much for being here today. Hi, good morning. Yeah. Can you just start by telling listeners a little bit about yourself, where you're from, how many kids you got now, what you do, all of that good stuff? Yeah, absolutely. So I am a native of Colorado. So I live I live in Denver and then my husband and I used to work in Boulder. So we have a little bit of that whole West Slope side. Um, yeah. I have one little boy, Lincoln, at home. He's eight months. Aww. And I love that name, Lincoln. That's a cool yeah, name. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. No, I've heard that for, I, I've heard that for um, a girl, like I, I think there's a little girl in Walter's class and her name is Lincoln, but I've heard it for a girl and a boy. I don't know which one I like, but like if I like it better for a girl or a boy, but yeah, no, I, that's, that's a name. I feel like that's kind of coming back. I, I love it. Yeah. I, um, I heard it for a girl too. And I don't know if it's a boy name, but I think it's great both ways. Yeah. Um, and we honestly agreed on it super quickly. So it was kind of nice. Awesome. Awesome. Um, yeah. And I, I have, I had worked and really been a career person for pretty much all my twenties and um, te- I originally was going to be back at work pretty quickly after he was born. And then my husband, um, in the middle of maternity leave, got a new job and really uh-huh. changed our situation. And I've been able to stay home, um, which has been just the most amazing surprise because I truly, hmm. there was a 0% chance of me not working until that moment. So that's great. Um, well, hey, worked yeah, out for the best. I know. I, <laughs> All right, cool. Well, guys, today we are doing a birth story. You're going to be talking about Lincoln's birth and kind of your recovery and what happened with him. Um, I know you had a lot of stuff go on with him. Um, You kind of got, you know, uh, just the whole nine yards of everything that could happen kind of happened. So um, if you want to start, I usually like to tell people to start kind of uh, if you had any fertility issues, kind of when you found out you were pregnant uh, with him, kind of go, you know, let's go way back uh, nine months, you know, before he was born. And, yeah. you know, tell me kind of your fertility, fertility history and all of that good stuff. And then um, when you found out you're pregnant, kind of how your pregnancy was. Awesome. So I have PCOS and knew that I would always have a harder time getting pregnant. So I think part of that, we had always said, oh, we're not sure if we're going to have kids or we just never really, we were always that couple that like, we've been married 10 years and that was when we had Lincoln. So we'd been together a long time and hadn't had any children, but just because we hadn't wanted to. Yeah. And then it was Thanksgiving of 2018 and we were talking on the way home and we both were like, wow, maybe we do want to have a, a kid. Like I would like that that would be for our life. And our talk had really geared towards adoption or fostering because I think I had a little bit of a fear of dealing with fertility knowing I was probably gonna have a harder time right and then that Monday morning following Thanksgiving I found out I was pregnant oh um so it was kind of amazing because we had just had this talk and decided that this is what we wanted to do and then three days later I'm pregnant so it was like that was fast I I can't I can't overstate how lucky I feel with that because we didn't have to stress and we only got to celebrate and it was like, well, here's our answer. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So yeah, so that was fun. And then, and I really, I was that person who was like annoyingly happy when I was pregnant. Yeah. Um, Same. <laughs> Not with this one. This one's a little bit different, but with Walter, for sure. Like, you know, I, I just, even though I was really sick at the beginning and mm-hmm. it was tough, you know, you're just like, I'm just so happy to be pregnant with this one. It's a little bit yeah. harder because like, it's, just second pregnancy syndrome and you have another child to take care of it. But yeah, I, I was the same way. I was annoyingly happy. 
happy to be pregnant. <laughs> that makes me feel better. Because <laughs> I, I think people wanted to slap me sometimes because I was yeah. just like, I've had constant pain in my ribs, but it's worth it. I'm growing a human. Right. Like I was right. just right. happy. And, yeah. you know, and I had, I had a mostly really smooth pregnancy. I, I was like one point away from failing my diabetes test. So I wasn't technically, but I just had to be aware. Poor and then I yeah. couldn't have caffeine because it was affecting the baby's heart. So uh, like I had to really modify my diet, but I'm, I also, another background of mine, I, I have Crohn's disease, so I'm just really used to a modified diet. Gotcha. Um, so it just, it didn't stress me out. And if anything, I was just, again, I was just happy and really the rest of my body felt great. So, um, you know, I worked up until my due date, which was in late July. And then I finished work and then I was still pregnant. And I was like, oh no. Um, and so I went an additional week and just had nothing to do because my, my replacement started at my job at the time I was working in hotels. And so we're kind of sitting at home going on walks every day. Like, how are we going to get this baby out? I remember looking at all the stuff on your. Yeah. <laughs> um, and also in that time, I was a big, I'm like a huge learner. I just want to learn everything I can. Yeah. So I took the hospital class. Yeah. I took breastfeeding class I took your class which was so fun it came out right in my third trimester so oh, that cool. was like amazing <laughs> timing yeah I loved it awesome. um if I have another I hope to take your updated version so yeah it's um, much prettier now it's the information yeah. a lot of it the information is very you know the same I updated a little bit of the information but it's just yeah. just a lot prettier it's I'm not I'm not sitting in my bedroom which you know it's, it's great <laughs> that's that that was that was good for for you know a first time course but now it's like okay I've upgraded some stuff I can actually yes. have high qu higher quality videos but but yeah they all the information is there and I feel like that's that's all people really need is like valuable information at the end of the day when they take a, when totally. they take a course and that was what I got I, it was great because it was <laughs> it was info I wanted and yeah. it, I could do it at home and I would have that whole sure. week of just nothing to do so it was yeah. perfect no that's um, great I wanted to um ask you about your Crohn's disease too and yeah and I wanted to um just ask you did that affect your pregnancy a whole lot because I know I I had a podcast episode with um she's kind of like a friend of a friend she lives here in Raleigh uh as well and she had Crohn's disease and she was like on medication for Crohn's disease and it, it they wanted her to stop her her medication um and it was like an immunosuppressant and she got really sick and you know all of this crazy stuff so I wanted to know how like how severe was your Crohn's disease and if that I guess was was a big issue that you had to deal with during your pregnancy yeah, I so I was diagnosed like two years before I got pregnant, uh -huh. and I had been the medication I was on. I had in a stress management change. I had really been in a place where I was mostly asymptomatic as long as I was just on top of those things. Yeah, um, but it had been really bad at one point. And so when I got pregnant, I just went off my medication cold turkey because they yeah. told me there was no testing to yeah. know like there really there was other things. My doctor said you know, if you need to be on medication, there's other things that we know are safe, we can put you on. I was like, okay. And so I just went off of it and I probably should have called my GI doctor, but I was just like, we'll go for a few weeks and see how I feel. Yeah. yeah. Um, and honestly, in the end, I have, I've, the first time in my life, I had no symptoms during my pregnancy. Oh. Like I felt amazing. And I think a lot of my issues come from a hormonal imbalance because I think uh, the PCOS and Crohn's are all kind of tied yeah, personally kind of talk to each yes. other <laughs> and so yeah. I think that you know all the extra hormones really kind of filled in some of the blanks that I don't have gotcha. and for whatever reason like some people I know get worse 
when they're pregnant and some people like feel great. And so I luckily was the person that felt great and I'm still currently not on my medication because I'm still breastfeeding. And uh-huh. so oh. I still feel good but because my stress is, has been low. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you find that stress is a big trigger for it? Yeah. I was in a job where I was just managing, you know, managing 30 people yeah. and just always working and always on call. And it was, it was a lot. And so was, once I left that job, things slowly started to get better. And then on top of that, I think my own personal journey of, you know, therapy and figuring out yeah. what I needed to do for bed balance has helped. So I'll go back on it. I think once I'm in a safe place to do so, cause I right. want to be in a maintenance sense, but I got really lucky that it, it really, I was asymptomatic my whole pregnancy and I got to eat things I never get to eat. It was really fun. Yeah. No, that's, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, cool. Well, let's, uh, now that we've kind of talked about pregnancy, let's go into your mm-hmm. birth story. So you said you were a week, you know, you took a week off and you know, that whole week you're trying to get yourself yes. into labor and nothing <laughs> was working. So leading yeah. up to that 41 weeks, um, kind of what happened and, you know, what did your provider tell you to do and going into the hospital, all that good stuff. Yeah. Um, so my doctor, one is just an amazing, she's a, a just fantastic person and doctor. And we had met and she said, you know, I'm happy to let you go pretty long. She's like, but there's a certain point where I don't think it's safe anymore. And she's like, and I personally, she's like, I would rather be the one to deliver your baby. So if we schedule it, you know, we can make sure it's when I'm on call. And I was happy to jump on that because I kind of had a feeling I was going to be induced with, because I wasn't even dilated at all Uh, after 40 weeks, like nothing was happening. Yeah. And so uh, I was doing a Friday and we scheduled my induction for a Wednesday night. And so we just took the week to get the house clean and we went to dinner Wednesday and then went to the hospital afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was pretty, it was kind of nice ultimately. Like I, part of me wanted that, like, Oh, my water broke moment, but there was right. a sense of peace where I knew there was an end finally. Right. No, <laughs> so. I, I totally get that. There, there certainly is a pro to inductions and scheduling inductions and just knowing mm-hmm. that like, okay, we're counting down to like this date. It's not going to be any longer yes. than this date. And it's, it's just kind of mentally it's, it's nice for a lot of women. So I, yeah, I totally understand that. Yeah. Once I got past my due date, it was just a, something to give me a new thing to hope for and right. feel a little more settled in what we were doing. So right. we went in Wednesday night and got checked in, got set up and they started me on side attack to kind of soften and dilate Mm -hmm. and overnight the nurse that was working was kind of seeing some heartbeat irregularities initially Uh as I would contract and the doctor on call wasn't my doctor my doctor was coming in the morning and so they took me off the side attack and they just did Pitocin for a little while Mm -hmm. Um, and there was just kind of some back and forth so that whole night I kind of just contracted for no reason which was a bit of a bummer yuck Um, (laughs) so in the morning, my doctor came in and, and she's just, I always say she's like a gym coach, like, like a high school gym coach. She's just like, let's do this. you got this. Like she's <laughs> just high energy. Like, I just love her. Like, I know some people that wouldn't be their cup of tea, but I just think it's exactly what I need in those things. Well, good. Well, perked out and for so, the best then. <laughs> totally. So she comes in and we get a plan. And so we get back on side attack and then I got a couple centimeters along and then they decided to use a fully balloon and they so we had the fully balloon go in and, and man, everything for me was just so slow. I had that fully balloon for 10 hours, I think. Oof. And so late Thursday, like four or five o'clock, I finally got to four centimeters. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. And I pulled the balloon out myself because I kept trying. I would tug on it every hour or so because the contractions are just really painful with that right. balloon in just because you have a lot of extra pressure. Oh, for sure. That's what I tell my. I'm like, you're going to feel better when it comes out. You might start yep. contracting harder, <laughs> but you're just going to feel better because you don't have that yes. thing just sitting inside of your cervix yes. anymore. Yeah. Fully bulbs are no fun. Yeah. And so I mean, it worked, which is good. And I remember I, I pulled out in the middle of the room, not in the bathroom, because I was just so over it. And yeah. so there's just a mess everywhere. But my nurse, she and I were just celebrating because it finally came out. Um, so we're like, who cares? And so at that point, so I'd, I'd been in the hospital almost 24 hours at that point. And I finally got to four centimeters. And then the, my doctor came in a couple hours later and I was up to seven. And then she broke my water for me because it still hadn't broken. Yeah. So we broke my bag of water and then I was contracting more and I still hadn't had any pain medication at this point. Ah. Uh, and I had kind of gone in with, I, w- I, I had learned from others that the more you plan, the more you could possibly feel disappointed rather yeah. than celebrate what you've accomplished. Yes. Yeah. So I tried to be really open of, I would love to see if I could go without pain yeah. medication, but if I need it, that's totally fine. Right. And so I, it start things are just starting to speed up. I get to seven, seven and a half, eight around that area. And then uh, they offer a walking epidural at my hospital, oh, cool. which is kind of a cool thing. So they do the fentanyl, but they don't do the lidocaine. So you get mm-hmm. some pain relief a little more directly, but you can still move around and you're not stuck in bed. Very cool. And so I got that installed and it's nice because you can switch to a full epidural pretty quickly if you change your mind. That's very cool. I wish our hospital did offer those, but we don't currently I think they're I think they're starting to like more hospitals are kind of saying oh this is a really great option because like you could get up and (laughs) really move around and it helps with labor progression so I think we're going to start trending towards those but yeah we don't we still don't currently do them but that's pretty cool that they that you have that option yeah I was really thankful and um in general because I live near Boulder Colorado there's just a lot of alternative methods for things right because there's just more of a market for it right right um and so i got that and as i'm it's definitely helping and i'm I'm in a lot of pain for sure but i'm still managing and all of a sudden there is something going on where i need to stop moving and i need to stay still because it's i think something with lincoln's heartbeat or something along those lines right and so at that point when they tell me i need to stay in bed i was like well if i'm going to stay in bed just give me the full epidural because i'm so tired it's been 30 something hours right. at this point. Right. Um, so I just got the full drill, which, which was good because at that point I hadn't slept since I got there really either. Mm-hmm. So I got the full drill. I slept for a few hours and then I woke up and I was at nine and a half centimeters. It was like 10, 11 o'clock Thursday night, which was great. But then I stayed at nine and a half centimeters until five, 6 AM mm-hmm. and they could not get me to move. And my nurse was, I mean, she was doing the spinning baby stuff yeah. and because yeah. he was kind of tilted weird and she was doing me and all these at one point I was they had me propped up on pillows and I was sitting like Buddha basically uh-huh. but I was numb uh-huh. so I was sitting with their help yeah my husband has this picture of me that's half funny and half so sad <laughs> um, and so going going finally at 6 7 a.m they check and it's 10 centimeters so Yay. and my epidural was kind of hit and miss I would depending on the position I was in, I would kind of lose the numbing and I would get some pretty bad contractions. So, I mean, it definitely helps, but I wasn't that person who was like, I felt nothing. Yeah. I definitely still was feeling it, but I, I get that. Man. Like sometimes, Truly. Some, yeah, some people have them and it's like, I can't feel, I can't even feel the pressure 
my baby's head. Like, it's just, are, am I, is Emma ready to push? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> you know, or like I'm some like, people what? are like that where it's like, you have, you really still kind of feel everything except you're like, yeah. you're kind of, kind of a little numb. Right. Yeah. And I got enough relief to get that sleep in that I needed. So yeah. which that, um, that makes a huge difference. Yes. So they come in at six, seven and the, this story, I feel like you'll appreciate it because you work in L and D. So it's, 6:45 probably Ugh. shift change at seven. Yeah, and at 6:40 I just got so I was so it had been you know 30 something hours at this point. I was so tired. I was so frustrated. I was like, when am I ever having this baby? Right. And I just I finally had my moment where I lost it. I'm just sobbing Ugh. in this Buddha position on the bed, just crying so hard because I'm just so frustrated, so sick of 9.5. And then it's right as shift change happens. So my new nurse that I hadn't met yet comes in, and I'm just sobbing. And my night nurse, who was amazing, she was just like, we'll give you a minute. <laughs> and leave. And I, I obviously like got it together. I just like needed to get it out. But so they're all, I, I mean, for that is. long, for that long for too, so long. you know, and people don't, I try to really stress that in my courses too, that like, it's, it, it might be a really long haul guys. Like you can't expect mm -hmm. this to be just a few hours of labor. It, you know, you might be there for almost like you were almost two days of labor, you yeah. know? Um, so it's just, and like the sleep deprivation gets to you, you mm -hmm. know, you haven't been, maybe you were able to sleep a little bit like you were, but it's only two hours, you know, or right. something. So it's, yeah it's tough. Yeah. It's understandable yeah, and that I, everybody would be like emotionally unstable <laughs> for a little while. Totally. <laughs> and I thought of your course, cause I think that was something I love that you reiterated because I went in with the mentality of this is going to take a while. Like I yeah, did not expect right. anything to be quick. Right. Right. Well, so well, good. yeah. And so they tell me that I get to push around nine 30. So I'm just so excited. At that point, I didn't right. even care. I was like, I have an end goal. I'm pushing. Right. Um, so we start and I end up pushing for over four hours. And, Yikes. and then they said I was pushing all, it was just taking a while and he never was in distress or there was no problems. And so that's what, another thing I appreciate about my doctor is she was with me for two of those four hours of pushing That's great. and did not rush me, did not push C-section because yeah. he was fine and I was fine. Yeah. And, you know, I just, I know some other stories of people that basically people get tired of waiting and they get pushed into, right. you know, right. other options. So. That's great that, um, they, that they were very patient with you. Cause really at the end of the day, it's like, you really could, you really can keep pushing if, as long as you're making a little bit of progress, you know, we're not pushing totally. for, for two and a half, three hours and maybe still kind of in the same position and there's nothing right. happening, but as long as you're right. making a little bit of progress and it's just, you know, taking a much longer amount of time and you're fine and you know, you're mm -hmm. just tired cause you've been pushing for right. a long time um, <laughs> and baby's fine. Yeah. There's no reason to, to stop pushing if, if, if you see that the end is hopefully in sight. So that's great that they, totally. were, that they were super patient with you. Yeah. And so around one thirty, final push, he, he comes out. Um, and in the last few pushes, he had moved his fist next to his head. Oh, and uh, well, there you go. There's probably a reason. Yep. <laughs> yep. And so he comes out and, you know, it's all that fast blur. And my, my husband cuts the cord and we, and they do that. And he, and I have my chest for maybe 10 seconds and they say, he's not breathing well. We got to take him to the NICU. And yeah. it's like, Oh, you're, I did this for this long and you're taking him yeah. from me. So they take him and he's kind of rushed off. My husband, poor guy's looking at me, looking at the baby and I'm like, go with the baby. I'm like, like yeah, go. Like I'm fine. Yeah. 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 So he leaves and then I look at my doctor and she has this face where I, I've never seen her make this face. And I was like, oh no. And she was like, I'm really sorry. 
you have, a, I think you have a third degree tear. And I was like, oh, bummer. Like, you know, I'm sitting there just kind of like, this kind of sucks. And then I see her face drop even more. And she goes, it's a fourth degree. Yeah. And I was like, and I remember specifically telling my husband, I showed him your post with the, I think it's Play-Doh. Yeah. And I said, (laughs) the only thing I was hoping for not to happen was the tear. I was like, I just don't want a bad tear. Like I'll be, I don't care if it's C-section. I just don't want a tear. So of course, what happened? Yeah. And my doctor, I mean, she delivered, I think nine babies in her 24 hour shift. Uh No, not even in her 13 hours overnight. She delivered nine babies. She's a beast. She's amazing. Um, and she looks at me and goes, I've had one other tear this bad in 15 years. Gosh, that, that fist, man, that really, that yeah. fist and I found out up. his head was like a hundred and tenth percentile. If that oh. was a thing Like he has a very large head. Oh, um, yeah. and she said, she thinks with Crohn's, like my, some of my tissues For in that sure. area have For been sure. kind of weakened over the time. Yep. Makes sense. Just so all of those of things just, yeah. yeah, they just kind of combined for something we couldn't have seen coming. And, and she, she was really kind of, she's like, I'm not trying to scare you. It's just, I want you to know what you're dealing with. Yeah. And so thankfully I had my epidural so she could start stitching. So that was a, a plus oh in having that because I would have had to go under general otherwise, I think. Yeah. And so she's stitching and 15 minutes and she stops. She says, I'm going to undo this because it's not good enough. She calls a second OB to come help her. They undo and they restitch everything, which I am so thankful for. Like she's just such a, she's so committed to detail and perfection that she just wanted to okay. make sure it was done as well as possible. Yeah. So they, I'm, I'm probably total stitched for like an hour and it's the two of them and they finally get everything stitched up and go. And then I think an hour or two later, Zach and Lincoln finally come back and he's okay. He just needed some additional oxygen and sectioning in the beginning and then he was oh, fine. Good. Oh, good. So it was just kind of a whirlwind of crazy in that moment. And then finally everything was settled. I got to see him. I got to, good. you know, do all of the fun stuff that we kind of missed in those first few hours. Yeah. And then couple hours so I'm into the you know mid-afternoon late afternoon now and they're like let's try and see if you can stand up and we'll kind of get you out of bed here now their epidural's worn off and they slowly get me up and then all of a sudden I wake up and I'm on my back and I had fainted oh no and they were like oh well this happens sometimes like we'll give you a few more hours to lay like just have your husband get the baby and you know he'll be your your legs for a while yeah they come back you know seven or eight o'clock I pass out again and then they try one more time around 10. They don't even let me actually get up. They just kind of halfway get up and I almost pass out. So they're like, all right, well, yeah. today's not the day for you to get up. <laughs> yep. no. And then they, they had to switch my bed, of course, but I couldn't get up. So they had to like pick me up with like the sheet kind of and like right. shift my bed and then get my other bed out because they don't have separate rooms at the hospital. It's uh, you stay in the same room LDRP. the whole time. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Which is great. Like it was a really nice experience. Yeah. Um, but they obviously have to get rid of all the junk and get you on a normal bed that all happens next morning the doctor that's working comes in and she talks to me and lets me know that I've lost about 40 percent of my blood volume yuck and so she said yeah she's like so you're going to continue to faint if you try and stand up and she's like you have two options you can get a blood transfusion or you can get lots of saline and just wait for your body to make the blood which could take a while you can't really tell you how long it's going to take and I was like happy to say, give me the blood transfusion. Like yeah, I want to get yeah, up. Just get I want to take my baby. <laughs> yeah, I I had no problem with that. But it definitely was like, oh, didn't say that. again. That's something I didn't know that could happen. Right. Um. So they get the blood transfusion going, and by I remember by the middle afternoon, it was like, oh, I feel normal. Yeah. <laughs> this is great. It's a huge difference. It really does, and you don't realize how weak you feel until you don't. Right. 
Um, and my nurse that day was just amazing. She comes in and she's like, our goal today, we're going to get you out of bed. And she was just so encouraging and just really kept me in high spirits. So got through all of that. And what was working really well, thankfully, was that breastfeeding was going really, really smoothly. Yeah. I was just going to ask about how your breastfeeding kind of experience was. Yeah. And I was someone, I started leaking milk early into my pregnancy. So I, oh, I, I was definitely an overproducer, yeah. which has its own issues, but ultimately is the better, I think the easier issues to deal with. Right, right. And so he was watching well, he was eating. So I was just so thankful that, you know, I think we all kind of pay somewhere in a sense. So I went through all of that, but then it's like, Hey, he's eating well and he's doing great. And right. so it kept me really, I think level-headed and kept me from feeling disheartened because the ultimate goal, which was to have my healthy son was happening. Yeah, and for sure. And that was all I passed for them in that point. So that was really nice. He was eating well, latching well. The lactation nurse there was amazing and so helpful and really gave me so many tips to do as I went home. Good. And so we kind of packed up that Sunday. So we were there from Wednesday to Sunday afternoon and then got everything together and both had a giant emotional breakdown in the car because it was like, we're leaving with our baby. Aww. Um, in a good way you know yeah, drove yeah. 20 under the whole way home right oh same like I live five minutes from the hospital and it was like and I just remember I remember our ride was more he was crying for it was literally five minutes like nothing crazy but he was crying <laughs> and I'm just like crying and I'm like just get home I just want to get home totally <laughs> like I swear you're gonna like where we're going yeah <laughs> uh, and so and at the hospital they giving me a ton of information and you know items to use for my tear and and explain as best they could but I don't know that I fully understood what I was getting into as far as postpartum with that oh yeah you don't and it's like and a lot of that stuff the discharge information I was just talking about this the other day with somebody that a lot of that stuff that they tell you is great and very good useful information but it's just almost at the wrong time because right. you're not you've got so much other stuff going on and you're super foggy because you've been up for you know so long exactly. now and like you're, you're only get I mean I know I probably only got five percent of the information that my discharge yeah. got me you know, too <laughs> gave me it was so. so over my head at that point yeah for sure for sure um and thankfully, like, again, my doctor, she said, she's like, I want to see you in a week. I want to check on how things are healing. Call me if you have any problems. Like she was yeah, so that's aware of the severity of my tear and just, she had me, she wanted to see me at one week, at two week, at four week and at six weeks. Good, good. Um, oh, good. Which is great. Cause to me, I've heard other responses from doctors too, where they don't, they don't take this seriously. No. Um, yeah. Oh, that's so great that you had a good, that you had a good one. That seriously, makes she's difference. just, I'm obsessed. <laughs> it's great. And she also was, you know, talked through pelvic floor therapy, which yeah. um, I love. Is it called June, the app that you've talked about on Juno? Here? Juno, yeah. Because yeah. it's, it isn't available everywhere. Thankfully, I have it available here, but it's, you know, she's at six weeks. I want you to call this person. You're going to yeah. do pelvic floor therapy. Like, she was just so on top of that. And we will get right back into today's episode after a quick break from this week's sponsor. This week was also sponsored by Kindred Bravely. Kindred Bravely is a company built on love, a love that is poured into every piece of clothing that they bring to life. Their clothes are meticulously designed to make your motherhood journey easier from the bump to the breast and beyond. 
They have two goals, creating maternity and nursing clothes that are beautiful, useful, and comfortable, and building a community of moms who support and encourage each other on their motherhood journey. I have a few of their bras personally, and I I am obsessed with them. (laughs) I think we all realize, especially as we get older, the importance of a really, really good bra, no matter how big or small your boobs are. And we all have those certain bras or pieces of clothing in general in our closets that are our favorites and that we always go to. And I that's definitely how I feel about my Cringer Bravely bras. I'm all about comfort um, and support, but more about comfort. And I just think Cringer Bravely just does such a good job with the comfortableness of their clothes. One thing that I think is really, really cool that they're doing right now is that they have actually donated over $500,000 worth of their hands-free pumping and nursing bras to moms who are working in healthcare during this crazy pandemic that we are going through, just kind of as a thank you for what they do every day. So as a healthcare provider who's not currently breastfeeding, but as a healthcare provider, I want to say thank you to them for doing that because that is just super cool. If you're interested in anything Kindred Bravely, they did give me a code for you guys for 20% off anything on their site, excluding bundles and gift cards. The code is MLN20, and you can just go to kindredbravely.com. And now let's get back to today's episode. It was about a week and a half, two weeks into my postpartum, I had 102.5 fever, and I just felt terrible I had so much pain in my lower abdomen that I couldn't even pick up the baby and I was just in tears and I was like I don't know what's going on and so I called the doctor and she's like you need to get in today yeah and we'll just fit you in and so we pack up we go there and I had some kind of infection whether it was a UTI or an infection of the the actual stitching whatever it was but you know and she told me it's not really my fault because I was really good about my sits baths and cleaning she's like but basically you have all of these tissues exposed between, you know, your rectum and your vagina that aren't typically exposed. So you're going to probably deal with this. Right. So antibiotics go home within 48 hours. I feel better, thankfully. Good. And then a week and a half later, I get another infection, another fever, ton of pain. This time it's more, it's when I go into the bathroom as well. So it's definitely feels like a UTI. Uh So I have to go back and see her more antibiotics. So I've gone through two rounds of antibiotics while I'm breastfeeding. And so then me and Lincoln both get thrush because of all the antibiotics. (laughs) So my nipples are just on fire and he's got all this stuff in his mouth and he's irritated and it's just, so then I have to get that medication. I didn't personally have thrush, but I've heard it's awful. It's, it was worse for me. He wasn't as an RD, kind of hated the medicine, but for me, it just, the, the nipple pain was insane. Yeah. Yeah. And it, I didn't want to not nurse because I knew it was like a short term thing that right. would be done. Right. And so we're going through all that. And I remember finally, like almost at week six, maybe week five, I was, I started feeling normal. It was like, yeah, good. I don't have fever. I don't have pain. The thrush is almost gone. So it was just like this fog of, and thankfully my husband took a, a six week paternity leave. Oh, that's amazing. So, so lucky and and blessed that I had him with me because I don't I would have been I would have had to call someone to help me I was I couldn't have done that on my own yeah yeah that's Um, great yeah so that was kind of the major crazy and at this point I'm eight months out and 
I have done weekly pelvic floor therapy since six weeks. Awesome. And I'm still, and right, right now I can't go with all the coronavirus stuff, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, Do they offer any sort of uh, virtual or any sort of, I'm sure they probably give you a lot of exercises that you could do do at home anyway, but the, do they offer any sort of like virtual support? I know pelvic floor, it's kind of hard. <laughs> yeah, but they haven't yet. So I was going to call, I was going to call her because I have her, her email and, yeah. and phone number and see if she could, or just even there's certain things that I could do because they have the kind of maintenance exercises, but right. I'm wondering if there's more I could like do more, with yeah. her guidance. Yeah. Well, that's great. And I'm glad that you spoke on that and how like beneficial that is because you had mm-hmm. such a severe tear. Um, I, I'm so glad that pelvic floor therapy is like starting to really gain popularity and more people are saying, oh, this is actually like a specialty, a thing. And if I'm mm-hmm. having X, Y, Z, or if this happened to me in the past, like I could just go to this person. It's not like you just yeah. go to your OB. There's like a special, you know, a special physical yeah. therapist that just deals with that area. So I'm glad that you, you're still going that, I mean, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to ask you too, how, your recovery was after kind of that point with the four, when, when mm-hmm. did you really start to kind of feel normal? It, uh, your pelvic floor feel more normal after having that, you know, that severe yeah. severity of a tear. And I'm still kind of re- figuring out what new normal is. Right, um, right. The thing that I'm, I'm still dealing with is tailbone pain. Yeah. Oh. And so luckily I'm not having incontinence. I mean, between the quality of the care I received from my doctor and then my physical therapist is just so good at what she does. Yeah. They've really, they really worked the scar tissue early. And so, you know, I'm not having any problems with like leaking or anything like that, which is my big fear. Cause I know people who like can't hold anything in afterwards. It's awful. Yeah. Which is so terrible. Yeah. Um, So that part I'm so thankful for. And really it, I was going to see a urologist kind of specialize in this before all of this coronavirus craziness. Yeah, yeah. And cause it seems like there's a nerve issue going on with my tailbone and hip. Um, because I, ah. if I sit too long in the car or on a hard surface, I get pretty bad like burning tailbone pain. Interesting. Uh, and then, you know, on the, there's definitely like very hard and scar tissue now in that area between that wasn't there before. Yeah. Huh. So that's something I think that, Ice will still have to work over time, and I think sex is just going to be painful for a little while. A little while, yeah. Because it's just again, it ha- it's not normal skin, and so it's not that it's horrible, but it's definitely right. something where it's a slow. There's pieces that are going to be a long, slow recovery. But right. what I was really encouraged by, and, and something I why I kind of wanted to talk to you is that it really because I took all those early steps and I really pushed and accepted the care that I was given. Yeah, I feel like my healing is better than some people with a second degree to carry them oh, because yeah. I made it a priority. You got to take it, you know, seriously. I mean, a fourth degree, certainly you have to take it seriously, but if you have, yeah, a second degree, if you're having these kind of issues, really, mm-hmm. I mean, I've talked to pelvic floor therapists and they say uh, that honestly, everybody who's had a baby, we recommend that you at least go and see a pelvic floor therapist at, you know, during your postpartum period at some point, just so we can, you know, cause just so we can assess and see mm-hmm. if there's really any issues and kind of give you recommendations. I know, it, you know, not everybody can do that, but that really is right. kind of the general recommendation now that like everybody, cause you, cause it, yeah. it screws up your pelvic floor so much. So, you know, for so many, so many, totally. women, you know, so it's better at least to get the assessment. Well, cool. Yeah. And that's, again, I'm, I feel really privileged that I, I was able to, yeah. and 
And something that I found that I encourage people to look for too is I found a therapist that did 7 a.m. appointments. Uh, and so, because it's obviously it's hard when when I'm on maternity leave, my husband's back at work. Yeah. So I would I would go at 7 a.m. He would stay home with the baby, and then he would bring the baby to me at 7:45 when my appointment was over, and then yeah. go to work, and then I would drive home. Oh, that's great. And Perfect. so, yeah, because my whole thing was how am I going to go? You know, in the beginning when they're just you know Tiny. blobs, it's yeah. easy. But once he was three, my my son is really physical. Like he was he was crawling at six months to the dot. Oh, like wow. he is just. Wow. a machine. Yeah. And so he was never a baby I could just bring along and he would sit in his car seat happily. Yeah. And so for me, it was a stressful, I can't go in the middle of the day. So how am I going to make this work? And my therapist was like, Oh, well I do 7am appointments. We can just do That's first great. thing. And so just a, a life hack that I found, cause it is hard when you have a husband that or a partner, or even if you don't have that option, you know, right. just trying to find timing that works that you can get that care, but also not be distracted or having to try and care for your child and stop halfway through because that is well, a hard part yeah. about being a parent is it's not easy to just get whatever appointment you need at any time. It, everything is uh, a little bit harder when you're a parent. Yeah. It's, it's a lot <laughs> totally. more rewarding. There's like so much yes. more happy. I'm so oh. much happier as a parent, right? Like a, my life overall, but everything is just a little bit harder. <laughs> oh, yeah. Getting you out just, of the house. You have to think differently. It, yeah, you just, exactly. You have to get, you have to think differently and you get more, I tell people, you know, you, you eventually, you get more efficient at things. Your babies mm -hmm. grow and, you know, it's a lot different caring for now my three-year-old than it was when he was, oh, yeah. you know, in his first year, things are a lot different. You just get more efficient, but yeah, everything is just, it's just, it's a little bit harder. Yes. <laughs> but that's okay, <laughs> you know? Yeah, but that's okay. All right, cool. Well, I think that's a great way to kind of end things. Um, yeah. Did you want to, Megan, just remind listeners if they want to follow you, follow you on social media or where they can kind of find you? Yeah, so on Instagram, it's Megan Alice, M-E-A-G-A-N, mm -hmm. and then Alice, A-L-I-C-E. Awesome. And I, I mean, I don't post anything down, mostly my just stay-at-home mom life at this point. But Personal stuff, yeah. I do no, have that's fun great. with it, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, cool. Well, thank you so much for coming on and telling your story. That was, I think, very beneficial for a lot of people. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. I, I was excited to help give more info to people. Hopefully there's not a lot of people with bad tears like that, but. But there is, there's a, yeah, there's definitely a, a population out there, a per percentage out there. They're not, not a, you know, the majority of people, I think the stat is 92 or 93% of people who have a tear. Uh, are going to have a first or a second degree tear. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, it's a smaller percentage for third or fourth degrees, but still, you know, there's still all of the, the second degrees, you know, need this information yes. too. Um, so yes. I'm glad you could, you could come on. So thank you. Yeah. Thanks for being here. Are you looking for birth education? Did you know that I have two fabulous birth courses that are super affordable? Well, I do. Head over to mommylabornurse.com slash podcast to take a short quiz to see which birth class is for you. When you purchase either birth course, you'll have full access to it forever. And that means it will never expire and you can access it throughout any stage of your pregnancy or for any subsequent pregnancies that you have. You'll also gain free access to my Facebook group, linked to the class where you can ask questions about your pregnancy, share your birth story after you give birth, read other people's birth stories, and get to know other members who are in the course. There is also a money-back guarantee, so if you are at all unsatisfied with your purchase, please, please send me an email at hello at mommylaborers.com for a full refund. There's really no risk to signing up and I promise you will learn a ton about what's to come when you give birth. 
as a listener of this podcast, you automatically get 20% off any purchase if you use the code PODCASTLISTENER. I've had tons of moms just like you enter these birth courses and have fabulous, wonderful, empowering births because they feel so much more educated about what's to happen. So if you are at all curious about birth education, again, I encourage you to go to mommylabornurse.com slash podcast and use the code podcastlistener to save 20%. Alright, so that is it for this episode of the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast. You probably follow me on Instagram because that's probably where you came from. But if you don't, head over to Instagram and follow me at mommy.labornurse for more. That is certainly where I am most active. I also now have a separate Instagram for just this podcast. So I encourage you to follow my second account at mommylabornurse.podcast as well if you want podcast updates. Again, that is at mommylabornurse.podcast. As always, you guys know that I also have a website where I have tons of articles all about pregnancy, birth, breastfeeding, newborn stuff, and more at www.mommylabornurse.com. I want to hear more from you on how much you love this episode of the podcast or how you think I can improve. So leave me a comment on one of my pictures, send me a DM, or send me an email with all the love. All right, guys, I will see you same time, same place next week.